0: Hey, neighbors, family, and friends. Alexis here, along with my husband, Dan. We're so excited to have this touch point with you midweek. So much has happened in the past week. We've just all been kind of along for the ride, um, seeking the presence of God in the midst of it all. So we're excited to have this conversation with you today uh, and just to have a moment to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us all in the midst of all this.
1: Yeah. So wherever you find yourself, obviously the news feeds uh, continue to, uh, I don't know, just multiply the, the information that's coming at us. And it seems that COVID-19 and its spread is actually ramping up. I was listening to a New York times reporter yesterday who's been following this since its inception back in Wuhan, And he was saying that, uh, In the United States, Americans are not self-quarantining the way or to the degree that we need to to slow the spread of the virus. Just this morning, a couple hours before Lex and I started recording this podcast, Cuomo released a press report saying that the rate of infection is doubling every three days. That one of his expert consultants had told him, you know, we thought this was a freight train coming across the country at us, and now it looks like it's a bullet train coming across the country at us. The point being, um, we need to take even more extreme measures to mitigate the spread of this disease. And we may actually at some point face scary things like martial law being used to enforce the self-quarantining protocols. And, um, you know, that will really, truly, for an American, limit our freedom in ways that in ways that we never have experienced, at least in my generation. I've never had a police officer tell me, you can't go to the beach today or you're gonna get a thousand dollar fine. That's, <laughs> that's, that is unsettling.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because many of us define freedom as the ability to do whatever we want, whenever we want. And so if that's true, if that meaning of freedom is true, then we are captives during this time.
1: Yeah. We are, uh, in some sense, being imprisoned by this invisible enemy. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about uh, a word that was given to our community through one of our leaders. Um, Before the lockdowns began, we were having a prayer time together. And um, this brother said that God had really spoken to him in our time of prayer, saying that this coming season for the church will be a time where we need to practice freedom in a time of quarantine. And it just resonated through the room. Mm -hmm. So this is a really interesting conversation I think we're going to have, because if we define, as Americans, uh, freedom is the ability to do whatever we want, go go wherever we want, whenever we want, then we're going into captivity. But As with most things in the Christian worldview, the commonly held definition of an idea uh, like freedom or liberty, it takes on radically different meaning. Um,
0: Yeah, there's this upside down counterintuitive reality to the kingdom of God and his people. And so you have things in scripture like in order to be great in God's kingdom, you become the servant. Um, in order to be exalted, you actually take the place of humility.
1: Yeah, this is yeah. that upside-down thing is so important. And so here we are uh, in lockdown right now. Uh, most likely, uh, not certainly, but most likely going to face even more stringent lockdown for the well-being of our family and friends and for our own well-being, to be honest. So what in the world? How? How do we practice freedom? How do we experience liberty uh, as apprentices of Jesus in a time of quarantine or in a time of, of quasi imprisonment? Mm-hmm. So, honey, you and I were talking about this this morning, uh, having a pre-conversation around this conversation, And you said, you know, the text that just keeps coming to my mind is 2 Corinthians 3.17. Do you want to read that for us?
0: Sure. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom.
1: That is a fascinating uh, and powerful verse in a time like this. Actually, while we were having the conversation, one of our another one of our neighbor's leaders, she sent this text to us where she was talking about how, um, you know, what we're experiencing right now uh, may become like a prototype for what the church will be in the future. And in that, she said that she had heard the Lord saying that we, the church, um, through the act of being simple and being still and in the spirit, in the spirit, she said that is a key for this coming time for us. So we have this verse, the Spirit is the Lord, the Lord is the Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We have um, our community saying, it's time for us to be in the Spirit. Lex, let's just have a conversation about this. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, before we get into the personal application that I was taking from that meditation this morning, I think it's important to note that in this Second Corinthians passage, While this is a conversation that Paul is having with the church in Corinth about the law and the work of the Spirit in the new covenant, there is this broad application, the application that I was taking for myself this morning, around the idea of freedom through the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is stable. He's never changing. He's always with us. We always have his presence with us. And so this idea that we have unlimited access to the Father through Jesus and unlimited access to the Holy Spirit, we're filled with him. And so his fruit can be overflowing out of our lives. And so Paul gave us a list of what this abundant fruit overflowing out of our life looks like. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it says, but the, Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And so this means that in a time where some of our liberties are being denied, we can't go to the movies and eat out and hang out with friends and be in physical community with one another. We can still, as believers, live out of this kingdom freedom that we've been given, manifesting the fruit of the Holy Spirit through love for the other, joy through our circumstances, peace in the midst of panic, kindness and goodness toward our neighbor. I mean, the list goes on.
1: Yeah. You know, we're so used to um, our freedom being outward, where we are able to go do whatever we want to do and hang out with whoever we want to hang out with. But We spent the weekend really as a church starting Friday night meditating in Psalm 23.
0: It was so good. Yeah, it
1: was such a beautiful time. So beneficial for me, so beneficial for so many of us. And the psalmist ends that particular prayer saying, in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of COVID-19, this invisible little virus that's just bringing the world to its knees, there is a table that God prepares for us a feasting table, and in this idea of experiencing liberty and freedom in the midst of quarantine, God is preparing a table in our homes, and it's a table full of his presence, full of uh, uh, an overflow of love, an overflow Mm -hmm. of joy, an overflow of peace, all as we engage in scripture meditation, as we engage in prayer, as we are forced, really, to lay down and become still. So we get to eat from this buffet of the Holy Spirit's presence. And as I've said multiple multiple times, I, I think that what that is going to do in each of us personally and corporately in the church culture is bring about this awareness. So Some of the marks of a community or of individuals that are filled with the spirit, living in the liberty and the freedom of the spirit, they're laid out in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And we have multiple examples. And so we want to walk through some of those and just kind of talk about some of those and then make some concrete, like practical applications from our own home. If you find them helpful, great. Of how we're implementing Worship. How we're implementing patience. How we're implementing walking in peace in the midst of all the panic. Um, one of the first ones that came to my mind. I think, and I'll just have you read this passage, and then we'll talk about it. Is there's this incredible story in the book of Acts where the apostle Paul is in the city of Philippi, and he has literally been put in prison with his buddy Barnabas. So it's not coronavirus. It's not self-quarantining. It is the Roman Empire saying to these two Jewish men, stop what you're doing. You're not allowed to go anywhere. You're not allowed to speak to anybody, and they're literally imprisoned. And so right there, just don't gloss over that. You would think that they would be in prison crying out to God, oh, God, God free us. Oh God, how are you going to do your work if we're imprisoned? What are we? And you would think that they would be slipping into a depression, that they would be frustrated, that they would be bitter, that they would be discouraged. But instead, Luke tells us, the Acts historian, the author of Acts, he tells us that in the midst of their imprisonment, when all of their liberty had been taken away, they were relying on the Holy Spirit and they were singing. Mm-hmm. Hun, do you want to just read that passage for us?
0: Yeah. Acts 16, through 34. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stalks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prisoner doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour... The night of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and all his household. That's so powerful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? You literally have the most counterintuitive upside-down possibility in place in the city of Philippi. I think I said Paul was in jail with his buddy Barnabas. It was actually Silas. Paul had a team of about 90 people at any given time, and so it's hard to remember all their names. But this, this passage, these men are imprisoned, and the first thing that they do is they begin to sing songs of worship to God. They are praying in the midst of their imprisonment.
0: I also find it so powerful that as they were praying, as they were singing hymns, the other prisoners were listening. And like this powerful outflowing of the work of the spirit just happens in this, this prison, um, prison house, the jailer saved his household saved. There's this work that spreads that starts with them and it spreads out to those around them.
1: I was having a conversation with my precious neighbors. I love them so much, John and Mary, they are the sweetest of sweethearts and we're so grateful to live next door to them. And Mary was just expressing some of her concern, and John was just chatting with me about, oh, man, are you worried? Like, you're a church guy. Like, don't you need to be gathering? How are you doing that? And my response, I literally got this huge smile on my face, and I was like, John, I think this is actually going to be really good for the church. I think this is actually going to do some really great things. And he could tell that I was kind of rather than getting gloomy and, and my shoulders stooping and my head dropping, my, my head lifted and my shoulders pulled back. And I was like, I think we're in for some really good stuff. And there was this joy and a sense of presence as I was speaking with them. And my neighbor was listening to a song being sung and a prayer being prayed in the midst of God's people, as we're all quarantined, as we're all imprisoned. And I could tell and I'm praying that the Spirit will use those moments to continue to draw our neighbors into our community while, while we're sharing and singing and praying. I mean, even—oh, gosh, this is so great. My other neighbor, Oliver, who I also love, he's a real gem. He, I love Oliver more than anything. When Before we went in full lockdown, when we didn't know that we would be in full quarantine, we had all of our leaders into our home, and we were singing worship, literally singing worship in our, in our home. And Oliver heard us singing, and he kind of came out and stopped in front of our screen door and sat there and listened to us sing. It was so wonderful. And then after that meeting had concluded, Oliver came over, and uh, he—he's Moldavian, so he has this this really intense accent. And he, "You're singing," it. So beautiful, so beautiful. I will join you. I so beautiful, and, and so my neighbor was hearing the songs of the prisoners, metaphorically speaking, and it lifted his heart. Mm-hmm. Neighbors, there is a worshipful, prayerful, uh, joy filled reality to you praying and singing hymns to your God that will produce a liberty yeah. that others that others will be listening to.
0: Yeah, and so we have freedom in quarantine looking like worship. I think the second one we want to highlight is how freedom in quarantine looks like pure joy. In Philippians 4, 4-7, through Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation— by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so, Philippians is a book of joy written from prison shortly before Paul's martyrdom.
1: (laughs) Yeah, over and over and over. Uh, Yeah, the book, literally one of the primary themes through the book of Philippians is joy, 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 joy. And Paul is in the depths of a dark, cold, clammy Roman prison. Uh, yes, just prior to his beheading uh, by the Roman Empire. What is that? What is that in a human being that in the midst of chains and that in the midst of imprisonment, in the midst of all liberty and freedom outwardly being taken away, Paul encourages his communities, which by the way, the church spread through his letters, the, the, The work of evangelism and conversion and church planning didn't stop because Paul was in prison. That's something to ponder in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But there was a joy in this man, and it is because Paul had come to a place of surrendering all of his earthly liberties knowing that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, was more real than the prison he was in. And it became his reality. It became his focus, and it became his message. And so he could encourage from prison all of his readers, all of his communities throughout Asia Minor to rejoice in the Lord always. Loved one, you have to make that decision. If you're finding yourself in a time of of quarantine and for our singles who are living alone and you're experiencing that loneliness, though it's difficult, choose to sing a song of praise to God. Mm -hmm. Choose to pray. Choose to press into the Spirit. Ask Him to fill you with the fruits of love and joy and peace. Pray that God would direct your steps in songs to him, and there will be an overarching uh, reorienting of your perspective and a sense of joy that rises up in the middle of this time of quarantine and imprisonment.
0: Yeah, and I love how he says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I do think that there there is this link that's between thankfulness and joy, just in our circumstances, taking our request before God, petitioning before God. But there's this heart of thankfulness that through what's happening, we're giving thanks, we're seeking our God. And there's this link there that thankfulness looks like pure joy.
1: So good. How can we find joy? Give thanks for COVID-19 and what it's bringing about. Of course, don't give thanks for the the awfulness of it, but give thanks for what God is going and is doing in the midst of all this. The final thing that that really I woke up thinking about this morning, and this is just one more reason that I think God is revolutionizing and working a deep work in Christian culture in the United States in particular. We are imprisoned in some degree right now, uh, but the author of Hebrews he wrote to a community that was facing horrific persecution. And he encouraged them at the very end of his letters to continue, Hebrews 13, verse 3, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Throughout the history of the church, It has been commonplace for Christians to be imprisoned. Today, all around the world, we have brothers and sisters who are facing not only COVID-19 and the plague, but they face imprisonment. Pastors are imprisoned all across the globe. There are men and women, brothers and sisters. Right now, as these words are going into your ears, there are our brothers and sisters who aren't self-quarantining because of COVID, they are behind bars. Mm -hmm. They are being tortured. They're being separated from their friends and from their family. And the anonymous author of Hebrews, he says, please identify with them. Mm -hmm. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together in prison. I think we have an unprecedented moment to slow down, to focus, to, to, cease from all the distraction that American culture provides us, and to realize we are one with a a community, with a family of believers who do face suffering in a degree that we can't even comprehend. We get a little tiny glimpse in this time of self-quarantine of what it might be like to have our rights taken from us, our quote-unquote freedom taken from us. And so to pursue freedom we can identify with and pray for and be imprisoned with our brothers and sisters across the globe.
0: Yeah. So just to recap those three marks that we talked about of what freedom and quarantine looks like, mind you, these are just scratching the surface. There's so much more, but here's the three marks that we have discussed today. We have freedom and quarantine. Quarantine looks like worship. Um, freedom in quarantine looks like pure joy with thanksgiving. And then also freedom in quarantine looks like identifying with those who in the past and present currently are imprisoned for the gospel and identifying with them, empathizing with them, and intensively praying for them.
1: Yeah, and all of that is encapsulated in the presence of the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. And so God the Holy Spirit is present with you today in quarantine to bring you to a place of worship, to bring you through gratefulness and thankfulness to a place of joy, to take time and Google uh, you know, our brothers and sisters in unreached people groups and in severely oppressed situations and pray for them. Pray for those people groups by name. Um, What we want to do now is we just want to wrap up with a couple just kind of concrete things. Mm -hmm. So, hun, you're at home. You're not a musician. Um, Talk about what is worship when you're alone, when you don't have a musical instrument?
0: Yeah, I know for me, I can't play guitar or piano, but it's as simple as putting on songs of scripture, letting them fill our home, um, prayers that have been prayed by people through song and just creating this atmosphere of worship to God.
1: I love that. Um, I think also we, we don't realize, we always think of worship as having to do with music. And it, 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 m- music is huge with worship. But this is an opportune time for Christians to um, practice stillness and silence. Silence is one of the purest forms of worship. You, you can go and give your heart, mind, body, and soul to Jesus and be in the silence with Him as an act of devotion, as an act of worship. Now, rejoicing in the Lord always in the midst of quarantine with thankfulness. Um, one of the things that I think is important, and I don't ever do this enough, but I need to do this, is grab your journal and make an exhaustive list Like take 20 minutes and write out, Holy Spirit, show me everything that I could be thankful for, should be thankful for, will be thankful for, and just start writing out all of his benefits of grace, all of his benefits of mercy, all of his benefits of salvation. Write out, make a list of things that you're thankful for. Then the things that you're not thankful for, write them in as well and say, Father, I thank you for this. I thank you for this crisis and what you're doing in me, what you want to do in my community. And then I would say, hon, do you have any thoughts on the final piece of how we can practically empathize or pray for our brothers and sisters who are in prison?
0: Yeah, I think your point was, was really good. Just that intensive prayer, having an awareness and actually interceding on their behalf. I think that's huge. So we just want to close our time now reading this prayer over you. We pray God's just richest blessings over you, his presence with you, his peace with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Shalom, friends.
1: Yeah, shalom.